Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a, it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. And welcome to Secure the Insecure, the podcast where I say it's okay to not be okay. I'm Johnny Seifert, and every week I'm joined by one very special guest. Yes, episode 98. 98 celebrities who you've listened to who have inspired you for a bit of self-development to talk about their insecurities to talk about it's okay not to be okay and to open up those conversations and as we reach episode 100 i urge you to go back to the beginning if you haven't done so and keep those lessons going because we're leaving a pandemic and we're starting to go back to normality and we've learned so many lessons over the past year and a half about ourselves that it'd be silly for it to all go to waste you know, we already said we weren't going to go to restaurants and yet we're now going back to restaurants. We said we we're going to work on ourselves and write letters to ourselves. We said that we were going to take that five minutes to do a bit of meditation. We're going to take five minutes to do a bit of manifestation. We're going to take five minutes to write that letter that you wouldn't send to someone, but it just tells you what you need to know. The pros and the cons, your thoughts, where you can see it written down and go, right, that's exactly what I was thinking. And so I really urge you to not just go back to the way you were living your life pre-pandemic and to carry on with this way of life. And I want to do that with my guest this week because he's releasing a new book, 50 Steps to the Best Version of Yourself, and it is a brilliant book. And it's hard. Sometimes celebrities release books and you're a bit like, okay, well, there's no substance there. But my guest today has substance and he is an amazing guy and I can't wait for you to hear this chat. We're really going to get deep, I hope, and I really hope we're going to get on that level where we really question life because... We don't do it enough. And again, this is the podcast, The Kid in Skill, where I like to open up that conversation to question ourselves. Because unless we're challenging ourselves, but unless we're questioning ourselves, how do we become better people? And that's the goal. The goal is to be the best version of ourselves, to be the wisest person that we can be. So let me tell you about my guest this week. You'll know him from the fifth season of Love Island, where he lasted 56 days as we watched his relationship with Bel Hassan blossom over the series. Now, this carried on for two months after leaving the villa, which was won by Amber Gill. But he left the villa and he left that relationship and he did some work on himself. And it wasn't just the fitness in the mind. It was also the fitness in the soul. As I said, he releases his first book, 50 Steps to the Best Version of Yourself. He also works at the UN, United Nations, as an ambassador. And I'm delighted to say the United Nations ambassador, Anton Danilak, joins me today. Anton, welcome to Secure the Insecure. Now, 
obviously we're talking about self-development. We're talking about the best version of self. But to get to there, we need to go all the way back to the beginning, to that moment when you realised you needed to do some help with yourself. Yes. Well, first and foremost, Johnny, thank you so much for having me on the show. It's, a, it's an absolute pleasure to be on a show, and I think what you're doing is absolutely amazing. Um, so, yeah, thank you. Thank you very much for having me on. So my story is, um, is an interesting one. I come from a multicultural background. My dad's Italian. My mum's Burmese, which is next to Thailand. So there was always a lot of good food in our house. Um, as far as I can remember, you know, myself and my dad would sit at the dinner table and we would literally finish off our dinner scraping the pan with bread. And yeah, we just had a great upbringing, but it was just associated around food as you do in a, a sort of multicultural background. And by the time I kind of got to high school, I started to put on a little bit of weight. And with putting on that little bit of weight came bullying at school. So when I started to get bullied at school, it obviously affected my my mental health. Um, at the time when I was younger, we didn't really know much about mental health or anything like that, but all I knew is I wasn't happy. I started to get into the gym alongside the help of my mum. She got me into sports, she got me into the gym, and I started to notice that not only was I starting to look better because obviously I was exercising more and starting to lose weight, but then I started to realise very quickly that you know exercising and weight loss had a lot to do with your mental health as well. So from a very early age, from about the age of 15, I actually realised the importance of exercise and the importance of keeping yourself both fit physically and mentally. This is the thing though, because your weight is one thing, but it's yeah. the it's the outside, it's the exterior. It doesn't define you. And yet when you're growing up in school, it seems yeah. to take over the interiorness of you. You could be the most amazing personality, be that yeah. fun loving guy, which we know you obviously are on Love Island does, and sure. yet your weight is what defines you. Yeah, a hundred percent. And the thing is with them um, kids, I mean, they um <laughs> They can be nasty, can't they? They can be very, very nasty and they don't really understand it. And, yeah, I mean, they've small comments that these people made when I was younger, to me, probably didn't realise how much massive effect that did have on my life. And it's, it's obviously made me the person I am today. Um, but, yeah, this is the thing. It doesn't define you as a person. I always used to say to people when they came to me and my clients would come to me and they'd say, oh, I'm so fat, I'm so fat. And I would say, you're not fat. You're just carrying extra fat. You can change that. Well... Italian food is the same as Jewish food, which is what I, I'm Jewish. And okay. everything's based around food. And you're right, the mopping up the bread. But it's also, the, the food isn't just food to eat. It's that moment when you come together as a family and you sit yeah. down and it's a communal gathering. You know, it's all about the community. It's that chance where yeah. you sit with your big family and you're talking about the week and the food just so happens to be there and you keep picking it and a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. Yeah, we have we have a saying in my household, and what we had from a very um, from a very early age was they say we eat to live, we don't live to eat. A hundred percent, my friend. A hundred percent. You know, so yeah, um, so it was always a big a big thing in our house, and I think even in this day and age as well, people use food as comfort um, when they're watching movies. So we don't use food actually just to feel our bodies. We use it for socialising, comfort, and a lot of reasons that we actually really shouldn't use food for. This is the problem, though, when you're right about comfort eating, especially during the pandemic, when we thought, well, we're not going to restaurants, so we'll get a takeaway. And then you feel like you're being spoiled. And so you spoil yourself that little bit more. And I've been for the past year and a half in calorie deficit, or I try to be in calorie deficit. And I go through a lot of moments where I'm like, right, I'm going to count my calories down, I'm going to have 1,900 calories. And then there are days I'm like, oh, I'll just treat myself a little bit more. It won't do anything. 
I'll treat myself yeah. a little bit more. And if you have an extra 3,000 calories, that would equal one pound of weight extra given. And you're like, oh, yeah. that won't happen. I'll have five little moon balls, mochi balls. I don't need to have one. And this yeah. is the problem because you're right. We do use food to go, okay, I'm in a bad place or I'm in a really happy place. And equally, yeah. you're going to treat yourself. Exactly. Exactly. And that's not technically what it's there for. But of course, it is nice to have these treats now and again. But you need to use it as, like I said, as a treat. Because if you you, can, you can't literally have your cake and eat it. It's just not, it's not possible. You're right. It's not possible. But then, you know, what then happens that, what, you miss out on the family gathering or that you're sitting around and... You know, not to stereotype Italians eat pizza and pasta, but let's just use that as an analogy. Yeah, that sure. what you're not going to eat pizza and pasta, you're going to eat a salad instead. Well, that salad will be eaten yeah. in two minutes, and there's no sure. communal activity there because you're not going to be sharing. The whole thing about Italian food, Jewish food, is that you're sharing. You know, you're taking yeah. that slice of pizza, or for Jews, you're taking that extra rugelach or whatever. Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, it comes down to really um, your your sacrifices. I mean, for for me personally, there's there's times in my dieting stage if I'm dieting for like a TV show for Love Island, for example. I know I need to make more of a sacrifice during a certain period of time. But then there's times in life where you know I don't have to have the six pack look. I maybe just want to you know just I'm still training hard, but I'm eating good food as well, and I'll go through stages like that as well. So it really comes down to what's more important to you if, if having that six-pack looks more important to you then you have to make that sacrifice if being happy and socializing with your family is more important to you then that's great you go and do that but at the same time you need to recognize what makes you happy at the end of the day because there is no point i mean some of the times i'm the most unhappiest in my life is when i'm the most ripped because i'm, I'm deprived of food I don't feel as energetic as I usually feel, but I've got a sacrifice to make at that point in time in my life. So I think it comes down to anything in life, though, doesn't it? I mean, I think the, when, you, when you've got certain goals, you, you do have to make sacrifices with certain things. And sometimes that's just food when it comes to, to dieting. This is the thing, though. And I remember listening to Alex George on a podcast recently. He was on Fern Cotton's Happy Place podcast, and he said yeah. that he had to go to extreme to make sure he looked aesthetically as possible to go on a yeah. show like Love Island. And look, we yeah. know we've spoken so many times about diversity on Love Island, whether it's yeah. ethnicity or weight. And look, I've been on talk radio, I've been on radio stations defending Love Island and saying, well, look, you're not going to want people who are a bit larger because that's not aesthetically pleasing. That doesn't fit in the ethos of the show of watching beautiful people get with beautiful people. Sure, now, yeah, that yeah. being said, you've then got to put yourself in a position to be able to be aesthetically pleasing. And if you want to stay on the show and you want to be liked, you know, it's if you go to a normal place, you go to a nightclub or you go out to a restaurant, you don't think everyone's going to fancy me. And yet on Love yeah. Island, you're basically thinking, right, everyone fancies me. I'm going to kiss any girl and they're going to absolutely love it. And we know in reality yeah. it doesn't work like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is it. I mean, at the end of the day, I, I've kind of got to a stage now in my life, and this is a big part of with writing the book as well, is you need to recognise what does make you happy. And sometimes I think when you are doing these things, where you are getting yourself in shape, you're almost doing it for other people. And you, you need to do things that are right for you, and you need to learn to love yourself. And that is the most important thing. And I think when you learn to love yourself, and you find that inner contentment, and you stop trying to please others, that's when you have discovered the secret to life, I believe. A hundred percent, my friend. So that's the exterior side. Obviously, from yeah. a mental side, how did that sure. impact you? Um, in the sense of body-wise or... I think in the sense of you thought you were a bit overweight. Then you thought, well, I've got sure. to lose this weight. So mentally, it's not just training yourself fit to be fit. And it's not training yeah. yourself just to eat a certain way. But also, yeah. it's training yourself to really actually love yourself in a way you've yeah. never loved yourself before, I suppose. Yeah, and that that's what... It's 
that took years and years to discover. I mean, I was always chasing a certain look. And then whenever I got to that look, I always thought I could be better again. I always think I can be better. So you're always chasing something that isn't there yet. And then you're never enjoying the process of actually getting there. So when do you actually enjoy your life? Because you're thinking, when I get this body, my life's going to be great. When I have that money, my life's going to be great. When I have that house, my life's going to be great. But what about the journey along the way? You're not taking that in at all. And I think I started to realise, you know, after I did lose all my weight and I was starting to look good, well, sorry, I don't mean to sound um, obnoxious there, but when I was starting to look a lot better and starting to get in shape, and then I really discovered my passion was helping others achieve their goals. And then when my clients were starting to achieve their goals, when I opened up my gyms, when I started training kids and helping kids, that was that was more um, pleasurable to me than what it, what it was doing it for myself. So that was when I really, I think, discovered my true passion. Well, I don't... And I just want to pick you up on something, because you said, I don't want to sound obnoxious, but I looked good. But first of all, if you're not going to love yourself, who's going to love you? And second of all, surely you need to find that idea of utopia within yourself. No one else externally can tell you how amazing you are. You know, you've got a million followers on Instagram. And those a million people don't define you. Just because you've got a million followers, it doesn't mean you're something better than you are. Yes. No, I totally agree. I mean, I have got a million followers on Instagram. I've got the most followers I've ever had on Instagram. And I've got the least amount of friends I've ever had in my life. Because I've got to a stage now where I've recognised who, who's real, who's right for me. And like you said, that number on Instagram does not define me as a person. And um, I always thought that, you know, once you have these following, once you have, you know, like I said, you, you have the nice car, you have this, then your life's going to be great. But sometimes I've looked back and I thought I was a lot happier, you know, when I was building my business before Love Island. Um, you know, life was a lot simpler with things. Don't get me wrong, it's great that I've got a million followers and I can I can motivate and inspire them in my own way. And that's a big part of having this book is to do that. And I think it's good that I've got this book because a lot of people do look up to me and think, oh, Anton's life must be amazing. He's been on Love Island. He's got the following. He's got the nice cars. He's got this. He's got that. But I've actually said in my book, as, as you know, I've spoke about how it's not about having these external factors. You need to have you know the love within yourself because you could have everything outside that you think is going to make you happy but the real truth is it's what comes from the inside out not the outside in and that's what i speak a lot about in the book and um yeah i just hope that when people when people read that and they start to realize they go okay you know maybe it isn't about having all this fame and having these other things it's just about you know learning to love yourself and the, the real important things around you well, I want to talk about Love Island, and I want to talk about your book, yeah. 50 Steps to the Best Version of Yourself. We'll come to both of those, but I just want to pick up on something you said about how you've realised now who your yeah. real friends are. Now, friends could be toxic, and we've realised in the pandemic who's really been there for us, because it's been very hard in that first, second lockdowns to really see people, and it was therefore, it was all about phone calls on FaceTimes and Zooms. Then yeah. we started seeing people for walks, and then we were seeing people socially again. And there are those people who literally disappeared for two years and then decided to come back. And then those that didn't. And I definitely cut down my friends over the past two years. Sure. How did you find that? Like, because obviously you went on a show like Love Island. You came out yeah. as a celebrity. You had that time which the last lot didn't do, which was having the PAs, the personal appearances, doing yeah. the club nights, going around the UK. You were in a celebrity bubble. You were in literally a bubble where you were hanging out with famous people. You were hanging out with influencers. But then you've got your home friends who knew the original you, but Anton wasn't 
Anton from home. I you became Anton from Love Island. Obviously now you're yeah. Anton from the United Nations ambassador, but yeah, you sure. became Anton from Love Island. So yeah, how yeah. did your friendships change? And when you realised you're going to cut them out, what was that process actually like for you practically? Yeah, I think um, so. First and foremost, I think if we talk about the my old friends, you know, I had a big group of friends that I've been friends with for years, and when I came out of Love Island, I noticed that they started to treat me differently in the sense of they were almost tiptoeing around me, which I just never understood. We never had these type of friendships before. And, you know, if I said, oh, for example, do you want, will we get a Chinese tonight or will we get this tonight? And then it would, we would always decide what we wanted, but it was always what Anton wanted after Love Island, and I don't know why that changed. It should never have been a, it should never have been a thing. If I had made a suggestion, then it would be, oh, let's go with what Anton wants to do. Like, we would never have any chats about like oh well if you want to do this let's do that it was just always what i wanted to do and i was like guys we don't need to do what i want to do we can do what we were used to be and then if i went into you know maybe people's houses they would get me to phone their their sisters or their brothers or take a video and that's fine i get it but at the same time you never had that moment with your friend where you could just be anton just normal anton again and I, then I started to realise when we started going places, obviously when you come out of Love Island, you get a lot for free, you get holidays for free, you get drinks for free, you're, you know, literally everything. And I think your friends then start to expect it. And then if it does come to where you have to go to a hotel, and let's say if I did have to go to a hotel, it was like they expected it already to be paid for. And they're like, oh, well, I, I, thought, I thought it was being paid for, you know? So I cut out the people quite immediately. But I've kept my, my two best friends that have been friends for years that have never expected anything from me and, and never ever would and have never changed around me. But with regards to the, the sort of new friends, I mean, this was the, the thing obviously I've spoke about in recent articles and I, I don't hold back on this because I'm, I'm an honest person. I mean, in Love Island, for me, I found brothers and sisters. I, I was with people for nine weeks and I, I genuinely loved them. And I do love them for the experience we have and I'll never ever take that away because... We, we went through an experience in there that has changed our life drastically. And we, we've had some memories in there you'll never forget your whole life. But when you come out and people are getting their million followers, they're getting their blue ticks, they're getting their fame, and they just change completely. And the person that you met when you went into that villa and that you fell in love with as a, as a friend, they change completely. It's, it's really, really sad to see and it's, it can be really upsetting. And what you start to realise is it's like a competition out um, when you come out of Love Island. It's like everyone wants to take everyone's job. No one's happy for you. If I got a job, it'd be like, how have you got that job and I haven't got that job? So it was a bit of a shame in that sense, but it, it allowed me to learn a lot about um, learn a lot about people. That's, I mean, I've learned so much about people and learned so much about myself within the last two years. It's, it's been unbelievable. I was going to say, I don't want to bring other people into it. Sure. This isn't the place to backstab and to get a cheap press line. What I want sure. to know from you, Anton, though, more importantly, is mm -hmm. what did it teach you about yourself? Because when you're seeing all that around you, and there are times we all think we're a bit selfish, we're a bit greedy, we're a bit independent, and we know that about yeah. ourselves. And we know that, you know, for example, you've got an agent or a publicist, and you have a book publicist now, and you've got people who are working for you. Now, what sure. did you take away about yourself? Because you must have looked at the world around you and went, this isn't the real me because this isn't how I've been brought up. This isn't what my mum and my dad or this isn't what my grandparents would want me to be seeing as acting like. Yeah, I think what I, I took away from myself is I always see the best in people. And 
I don't, I don't know whether that's a bad thing or not. I'm still trying to work that one out. But I always look for the best in people. And I think that's what I did. And I think even in Love Island, I got caught up in the friendships and that. But whereas to a lot of people, I think it was just just a game. Because it effectively is a game show, isn't it? It's effectively a game show. And I think I got too caught up in the process and I let my emotions get too involved. But, um, yeah, I don't think that I would change that about myself because at the end of the day, that's who I am. But I think I'll definitely, I'm definitely more wary of people coming into my life now, for sure. And is that because you think that after something that they want to be part of your Instagram, that they want to get a freebie? Like, I mean, look at dating. How do you date someone? Because you can't just go exactly. on Hinge and go, hey, I'm available. And they go, oh, look, it's Anton from Love Island. Exactly. This is the thing. I mean, I've took girls on dates, and then before you know it, they're taking pictures of you, like, and sending it to their friends. And you just don't know people's intentions anymore, and that's, that's what's difficult about it. But... You, I suppose you just have to adapt and you just have to work it out for yourself. And I'm a big believer in your, your gut instincts, so you just need to go with that. And there's been a lot of situations where my gut's told me one thing and I've not went with it, and it always turns out to be I, you shouldn't listen to your gut. And I, I'm definitely more aware of that now. And also, people need to remember that you yeah. are effectively a casual worker. You're a freelancer. You work for yourself. Sure. You're not made of money. Yes, you've done a TV show, but just because you've done a TV show doesn't mean you're the richest man in the world. And you no. can actually afford to do that because if you're not working, you don't get paid. Well, and again, especially a year like last year, what people don't realise is no one was earning, most people weren't earning last year. It was a very difficult year for, for everyone. Um, and yeah, I think people think you go on Love Island and you come out and you're this multi-millionaire. And, and don't get me wrong, yes, there is great, great opportunities, but I do believe that you, you've got a short you've got a short window with Love Island because the next one always comes around the next day and year. And you need to... I think you need to know what you want to do with your platform, which obviously I know exactly what I want to do with my platform, and I believe I'm, I'm, I'm implementing that just now with my book and my podcast and, and what I'm trying to do to motivate and inspire people. Um, so, yeah, I think you, you definitely need that. You need to know where your your direction and where you're going. So why Love Island then? What was that moment that you thought, right, this is the show that I want to be on and have a platform out there? Because it's a big thing to kind of... Put yourself out there. I would never do a show like Love Island or any yeah. big show like that because I'd be too fearful of being trolled. I'd be too yeah. fearful of I don't I care what people think about me and I don't want that negative impact. So to sure. do that it must be such a massive step. Already you've been bullied for your weight. Already you yeah. have been a bit self conscious. But then to put yeah. yourself on a platform like that, like a show like Love Island, which especially your series had just come off of the back of series four with Jack and Danny. Love Island yeah. was big, you know, Massive. that had 5 million yeah. viewers. Your series got about 4 million viewers. The current series is about on 2 to 3 million. Your series was yeah. still big. And that yeah. must be really hard for your self-conscious as well. Yeah, so it's quite a long story, but I'll, I'll just dive into it. I mean, this Love Island came to me, and this is basically what happened. Um, obviously, like I spoke about from being young and being overweight, eventually when I did start to lose the weight, I then went, into personal training and I started my own boot camp company. I started working with two people in a boot camp field and I built that from day two people into having my own fully functional gym. Um, so by the time I was about, so this was at 17, and I just kept building my business over the years and it was getting bigger and bigger and I was doing some really good things. I was making good money for myself and I was, I was just enjoying helping people. And I got this 
ideas that I really wanted to help kids because I wanted um, I didn't want any kid to go through what I went through as a, as, a, as a kid effectively I didn't want anyone to get bullied I wanted to give them the tools and techniques so that they, they would understand at least about healthier eating and a healthier mindset because at least if you know Hey it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith co-star of my upcoming film If only in theatres May 17th Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Oh, you can do something about it. Whereas a lot of kids just don't know these days. And I started doing kids' summer camps. And basically, the kids would come to me during the school holidays between nine and three o'clock, and I would teach them all about healthy eating. I would I would show them exercise. I would get them playing games, and you know I would teach them about making their beds. So I would, I would teach them everything just to make them a better person in general. And what was amazing about this is that at the end of the week, when the parents came back. They were like, what have you done with my kid? They're waking up in the morning, they're making their bed, they're making breakfast, they want to eat healthy, you know? So I was getting this great feedback. So I got this really good idea. I was like, right, okay, what if I could bring out a kid's exercise DVD and really impact as many kids as possible throughout the UK? So this was back in 2016, and DVDs were still fairly big at this stage. And I looked up, I'm a, I'm a big uh, fan of Tony Robbins, um, a big, massive motivational speaker in America. Tony talks about you should find someone that's doing what you're doing and role model it. So don't try and reinvent the wheel, see how they've done it and follow their steps. So I looked up the most successful exercise DVD of all time in the UK. Believe it or not, it was Charlotte Crosby, who is Charlotte from Geordie Shore, has sold the most copies ever of an exercise DVD. I'd done a little bit of digging, and I found out her management company. I spoke to my mum, I was like, look, mum, this reality star's um, got this biggest exercise DVD of all time. I've managed to pull up her management company. Can you phone up and, you know, see if they'll, they'll be interested in doing a kid's exercise DVD with me? She's like, yeah, of course, son. So my mum phoned up the management company, and she's like, hi there, my son's looking to buy a kid's exercise DVD. Would you be interested? 
And the management company were like, well, who's your son? And my mum explained, oh, Anton Danny Luke, he's owned his own fitness business for the last seven years. He's been working with kids for the last five years, blah, blah, blah. And the management simply turned around to her and said, is he a celebrity? And my mum was like, well, no. They said, I'm sorry, we only deal with celebrities. And my mum being my mum, I mean, me and my mum are very close. She's literally my biggest fan. She would do anything for me. She turned around to the management company and she said, have you seen my swear word um, son and they says <laughs> they just started laughing they went no I've not seen your son but to be fair we only deal with celebrities and she went look I just want to send a few pictures of my son that's all I ask for and they're like right there's our email address send over a few pictures so my mum did she sent over a couple of pictures of myself and within 10 minutes this company phoned me back and they were like oh hi Anton um, would you be interested in doing some TV work and it was like I said, this was 2016. I didn't go in the while until 2019. And I was like, look, I'm not interested in reality TV. I'm not interested in that side of things. I've really worked hard my whole life to build my business to where it is. I don't want to jeopardise it by doing reality TV or anything like that. And they're like, no, no, you need to understand that this can help boost your platform, blah, blah, blah. I was like, look, no, it's not for me. This was in 2016. As the years was going on, so two years went by and I was banging my head against the brick wall trying to get this kid's exercise DVD out. No one was listening to me because effectively I was a nobody. Um, so bold management had followed me on Instagram and followed me on Facebook at the time. And I became single at the end of 2018. And they sent me a message and said, would you be up for doing Love Island next year? I think they'll be interested in you. And I just thought, do you know what? I've been working hard this whole time. Maybe this is the break I need just to get this message out there. And the rest is history. So, yeah, I ended up doing the Love Island process, got on the show, and now, obviously, I've launched my book. I'm in the process of putting together a kids' fitness and wellness programme. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm managing to put together everything that I wanted to do. I just had to go around it and a route that I never, ever expected. But the universe works in, in weird and wondrous ways. And I'm a big believer in universal timing. So, yeah, it seems to have just been the, the way I had to go to get to where I wanted to be. That's the thing. If you manifest uh, and you have that law of attraction, you know, Wonder Burns the Secrets, a great example of a book where exactly. you're manifesting, you're looking into it, it will happen. Now, what's interesting for you is obviously you went on a show like Love Island, which is all about kissing, it's all about the sex. Sure. Obviously, you're seeing your top off, but essentially, the essence of you is that you want to work with kids. Sure. Did that relationship of you being on Love Island with girls have any yes. drawbacks to then actually going to do what you wanted to do to be taken seriously? Because I've only got the platform, and we're watching yes. Hugo Hammond on Love Island at the moment, and well, as we're recording this, he's still in the villa. Sure. I always think if you want to work with kids and you're seen as a Love Island star, yes, they will love you, but will the teachers love you? Because it's like there's still that crudeness to Love Island. Yeah. Well, for me, I've got to say, it's never been an issue because of the way I came across in Love Island. I was, I think, I believe that I came across like a gentleman. I held myself very well. Um, I don't think I'd done anything disrespectful towards any of the other islanders. And any people that I've met, they've always said that, you know, your mum's brought you up so well. So I don't think it's affected me in a bad way. Um, I think, if anything, it's only, it's only benefited where I am. But I do totally understand where you're coming from if you were looking at the point of view of maybe someone that hadn't watched the show and they've just got this initial perception of that but I'm a big believer in like I know my story I've, I've explained my story to you I never ever wanted to do Love Island it was a it was a an opportunity that was put in front of me and I feel like 
sometimes you get these opportunities and you have to you have to take them. Do you know what I love about what you've just said? Is yeah. that you are the biggest champion of yourself and it is so refreshing to hear someone who believes in themselves because no one yeah. does. You know, we don't have self esteem and it's for someone who didn't have self esteem to where you are now. It's just yeah. amazing hearing your journey to hear you speak so proudly of yourself. Yeah, yeah, because it's been a long time coming, Johnny. To be honest, I mean, I was in a bad place. I was, I was in the borderline of depression, and I believe if I never took the essential steps in my life that I have taken, and um, then I wouldn't be where I am today. So I'm proud of the, the, the steps I'm in. I'm not perfect. I've, I've still got places I need to work on, especially within the last two years. My life's changed very drastically. And there's been a lot of adapting to it. But I try and keep the foundations that I've put in place over the years that make me feel good to continue to make myself feel good. And that's exactly why I wrote this book. To, if I can get help one person, this is, I don't care about the million followers in the sense of, I don't mean that, I don't mean that in a bad day, but I don't care about a million people. If I can help one person, I've done something right. And that's all I want to do is just help one person and I've done something right. Oh, my friend, you have. You have. Even by you just putting pen to paper, even if zero people bought the book, you yeah. have because you've manifested it and because it's apparent. If you walk past a bookshop and you see your book in the front window, already it's on someone's mind, Of even sure. if they don't know who you are. Because you'll have, look, you're going to have fans who are going to be buying your book because it's you. You're going to have people buying the book because they want to have 50 steps to be the best version of themselves. You're going to have people who go, oh, I fancy a bit of self-help. It doesn't matter who it is. It doesn't matter even if they don't buy the book. Obviously, we want them to buy the book because we want you to have the money and we want to inspire people. But sure. if someone walks past it, it's just the idea of, oh, look, self-help time. You know, it's like an alarm clock to go, right, need to do something on my mental health now. We all have it for the gym. We all go on the scale yeah. after a holiday and go, right, we need to get back to the gym. But yeah. we don't do those things for mental health checks. And you've given people that sign to go, right, let's do a mental health check now. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So you're in the Love Island Villa. And sure. you're trying to be the best version of yourself. Now, mm -hmm. I don't want to go down a route of Love Island to get you in trouble. I don't want to go down the route of Love Island again for clickbait. But yeah, sure. at the end of the day, you are doing a show. You've got producers who have set up these tasks, who have set up yeah. conversations, who have set up bombshells. They've set up games. They've set up Castle and Moor, for example, all to turn you a little bit, to make you into a characterization of yourself. You know, you are a character. You are playing a part in this TV show. You've got a role to play. What do you think your role on your series was? I, I think I was the, the motivator. I really do. I think I was the person that got knocked back so many times and just kept getting up. You know, I, I'm, I'm a big believer. Life's like a bow and an arrow. And the further you pull that string back, so the more setbacks you get, if you imagine that, that string going back and back and back. When it's time to go forward, it's time to go. And the further you go back, the further forward you're going to shoot. And I just believe that, you know, it got to the stage where I think the, I believe from when I was in there, people were talking about Anton being the national treasure. Anton needs to find someone. We just need to get someone in there for him. You know, and I just think people just got to that stage with me. They're like, this guy, just no matter, no matter how many setbacks he gets, he's just getting back up. And then when there was people, like, um, there was a situation with Yolanda at one point where she was feeling down, and I says, look, you're a beautiful girl, don't stare at what five five guys think about you. You know, that doesn't define you as a person, what these five guys think. Just because five guys don't fancy you does not define you as a person. There's another six billion people in the world, you know? And that was a nice moment in the show as well. So I do believe in, that, in my series. I was, definitely, I was definitely that sort of person to pick people up when they were down. 
And that's it. Because you came out the show. You weren't just seen doing public appearances in the nightclubs. Well, you did that. You weren't just yeah. seen of, right, Anton, you're still yeah. single. We're going to get you on Subsco Dating. You went and you motivated. Sure. And you ended up working with the United Nations as an ambassador, traveling around schools to inspire kids. Now, you're living in a world which is very social media. When you grew up, same as me, because we're at a similar age, we didn't have yeah. social media. We'd run home yeah. to sit on MSN. Or we had to have BlackBerry Messenger, but we'd put our phone away, we'd put our computer down, and we need to just get on with life. Whereas kids now are yeah. stuck to their phones. What are the yeah. pressures, what are the conversations that you noticed going around those schools that the kids were having that had you most impacted? There would be certain things. One of the first things I noticed when um, I went in, I would always go in and I would ask, like, well, guys, who's, who's watched Love Island? And, you know, you could tell that there was certain guys, especially, you know, some of the younger boys, that you can tell they'd watched it and knew who you were, but they didn't want to admit it. So you could see the pressure instantly of just their peers' opinions on them straight away. And I think that one thing I've noticed as well with, with kids is they look up to us guys on social media and they think they think that this number that you've got followers means everything. And then they think it, it defines their life. And I really, really hate that about social media. And I think that the things that are going on just now where they're starting to hide the lights and things like that are actually a good thing for the younger generation because I just I just think that they put so much pressure on themselves. And with kids at the schools as well, what's for me is yeah, maybe I got bullied at school, but whenever I could come home get away from it. These kids nowadays, if they're, they're getting bullied at school, they can then get trolled online. It's just it's just absolutely horrible for them, and I know a lot of them are in really bad places because of that. This is the problem though of Instagram, for example, as a social media platform. Just to, I'm going to pinpoint Instagram just because it's the sure. easiest one to do. Yeah, yeah. Is With Instagram, you've got these functions. You've got the followers. You've got the likes. Yeah. But then you get to 10,000 followers and you can do a swipe up. Sure, now, that's yeah. the first big thing. Everyone wants to do a swipe up. You know, of everyone course. wants to put hashtag ad. Even though they're not doing an ad, you still yeah. put hashtag ad. Everyone yeah. wants to have that blue tick. And I'm guilty yeah. of it. I've had a blue tick on Twitter for three years. And yeah. in my line of work, as a journalist, as a presenter, it makes sure. it a lot easier because if I send someone a tweet, they trust me I'm a validified source. Yeah, now, of course. On Instagram, I cannot get verified. I've tried monthly for the past six years to get verified, and it doesn't matter how much I'm in the press. It doesn't matter how many posts I do with me and a celebrity. It doesn't matter what I do on Instagram. I cannot get myself verified. I cannot get my followers up. And to me, I feel, well, that basically means I'm not good at my job. And I take it personally that I've only got 2,500 followers. That defines me. And you're right. It doesn't define you. And yet Instagram have made to make it that it does. Yeah, exactly, and this is this is the thing. It, it like you said, it doesn't define us. But I mean, I'm I'm saying this just now, and I'm talking as if yeah, you know, I don't bother about it. But there are some times as well where I have my days where I, people maybe message me, or maybe you don't get as much likes in a certain photo. Like I mean, for me, what it is for likes in a photo, if I posted something that was all, it would always amaze me. If I posted something about Love Island, you'd get your hundred thousand likes on it. If I posted something about me doing charity work you'd get maybe 10,000 likes on it. And that would bother me because I'm thinking to myself, what is wrong with people? Like, why is a picture of me with someone that's famous getting more likes than me doing charity work, you know? And I went through stages with that, and it's, it's, it's a real sad world we live in with these sort of things, and it does need to change. But I think that hopefully with the, the sort of you know, hiding the likes and taking away these sort of things will help people because I do really worry, worry for kids because I know 
that they think that this is the be-all and end-all. I mean, I get messages from kids, um, you know, troll, they obviously troll me, that'll say, ha-ha, you've only, you've only got a million followers, and Tommy and Molly have got three million. So I'm like, does that, does that make them happier than me? You know, does that make they've, they've got a happier life? Does that mean they've been better than me in life? I mean, maybe they are, but the kids only think that because of these likes and these followers, which is really, really sad and upsetting. Well, that's what the kids are saying. What are you saying, though? With your compares, the people who have been in Love Island in your series on other series that you've got to know over the past two sure. years, how have those conversations changed? Because it's okay for the kids to be saying that because they're looking in at a world, but what's actually going on in that inner world? What are you saying in those WhatsApp groups when people are saying that? Do you say, look, what I've had to have happened today? Did this happen to you? Are you starting to open up those conversations within your Love Island bubble? Well, this is the thing, Johnny. Truthfully, I don't speak to I don't speak to anyone from Love Island. Nobody. I don't I don't have the, these types of friends, and I don't have this these influence of friends, and nothing against it. It's just not my world at all. I can't bear going out with people, and they're constantly on their phones. They're constantly showing they're having a good time rather than actually having a good time. And I wish I'd answered to you to your question there, but I just don't associate with that group of people because it doesn't make me happy. And it's, I just don't feel the conversation is my type of conversation. It's not. It's just not what I'm about. And yeah, I just stay away from that world completely. I mean, even um, last last July, I took six weeks off Instagram and social media, and it was one of the happiest times of my life. I, I'm not looking into other people's lives constantly because the bottom line is with social media, is people are looking into other people's lives that. The lights aren't even real anyway. So, for example, I don't know if you've seen the thing that was going about on social media recently. There was the, the influencer that got on a plane. She went into the first class section just to get a photo to post on Instagram. Then she went back and sat in the economy. And then everyone knew about it because someone had said, I saw you in that picture, in that seat, yeah. and you weren't there. And she got trolled yeah. ridiculously for so, it. Yeah. Yeah. And so this is the thing. Kids and other people are looking into other people's lives and wanting the life that they don't even have, that person doesn't even have anyway. They're just showing a picture of it. It's not what their life is. And um, I find that, I find it really, really, I just find the whole thing amazing. Like, I just, I just can't believe how much social media, I mean, don't get me wrong, I always speak very negatively of social media. It's done wonders for me in a lot of ways. It's good for business in a lot of ways. Yes, there's so many good things that can come from it as well, but I think there's a lot more bad than good these days, especially it's out there on social media platforms. A hundred percent. And this is the thing. It's caught. It's amazing what it does. But the algorithms, the pressure that's put on people, the pressure to go to restaurants even at the most basic level to have a certain food because it will look Instagrammable. And everyone knows it's all about the Instagram. It's all about doing that boomerang. And then you taste it and you go, that wasn't worth it. That's not a dinner that I wanted to pay all that money for. But, oh, look, I've got my picture of Instagram. I'm guilty of it. You're guilty of it. We all do it because that's the world we live in now. I'm being a hypocrite to a certain point here as well, totally. Um, I I do it myself. I'm not saying I'm the perfect person, but I do, I'm very aware of it. I'm very aware of how the world works just now, and I do think it's quite sad, and I think people are never enjoying their lives because they're too busy trying to impress others. Just to bring it together for a second, you've said that you don't talk to anyone from your your years, Love Island. You've said sure. that you don't necessarily need to have that social media, the, the fact that you take a break. Now, yeah. you're very comfortable in your own skin now, and you're very happy, but what yeah. then happens when, for example, you bring out your book, 50 Steps to the Best Version of Yourself, yeah. and 
there's the opportunity to do a book launch. Now, I've not been invited to your book launch, just saying. Um, I never got the invitation. It was in the post or, I don't know, post post. Uh, yeah, it's, it's because of COVID, I don't even know if there is a launch or what's going on. It's It's been a crazy year. I don't even well, know maybe you're not invited for launch, because I was going to say that surely <laughs> there's a pressure from yeah. a person to say, right, Anton, you need to make this book profitable, and therefore you need to have all your ex-Love Island stars not that yeah. you talk to them, but they need to be there. They need to be seen. And even though this book is about you, actually, yeah. it's about them. Actually, it's about getting in the mail online. And although you don't talk to them, it's important, it's imperative that they're there. Now, Anton, you need to do this TV show and you need to do things that don't make you happy, but this sure. is going to further your career. Where do you sit on that fence? Yeah, so, I mean, it's about something's been true to yourself, isn't it? And, I mean, there, there is a fine balance between that, but I, I, I've got to a stage in my life where I think it's like if it doesn't sit right with my soul, and if you don't do the right things for the right reasons, then it's not right. So what I mean by that is I wouldn't want to use other people just to better myself in the sense of, okay, I'm talking rubbish about people, and and then I'm going to ask them to put my book for me. That's not me as a person, and I wouldn't be staying true to myself doing that. So... Yeah, my management, funnily enough, they messaged me the other day and they're like, Anton, what are you doing, like, talking about your Love Islanders when you're just about to release a book? And I'm like, I got asked a question. I'm going to be honest. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to beat around the bush. And what will be, will be, like we spoke about, the universe has its own, universe has its path planned out for me. And if I, if I do the right things for the right reasons, I'll go in the direction I'm meant to go. And I, I do genuinely believe that. I love it. I love it. Anton, final question for you, my friend. Sure. You've got 50 steps to the best version of yourself. Give me mm-hmm. your best step that you really practice and you really preach. So self-love is, is, my, is definitely, a, we spoke all about it a lot in this, because you can master all the other steps. You can master the training. You can master the, the eating. You can master the relationships. But if you don't have inner contentment and love for yourself, none of that will matter. Can I give you one in return? And it's actually the 51st step because you didn't actually put it in your book. And I was actually kind of surprised you didn't put it in. And I went for 50 with a tooth comb and I went through your book four times to try and find it. It's, are you ready for this? Go on. Making your bed. Making your bed, you made your bed lying it. (laughs) Make your bed when you get up in the morning. Now, Vinnie Jones spoke about this when his wife passed away. He said the one thing to get him through life was making his bed because it gave him yeah. a purpose because when you wake up and you've made your bed that's the first thing you've done you can get yeah. going on yeah. your day because you've done your first task when you've made your bed it makes you feel good because you're looking at something aesthetically when you get back to your bedroom at the end of the day because you don't that's go into me. your bedroom in the day and it's really important yeah. jay shetty uh his latest book talks all about this don't go into your bedroom in the day come back to your bedroom you'll see something really nice that inviting that you want to get into making your bed doing a task, having something to look forward to, and also you see that place as your zen place. That's the place you relax, and then that is what's important. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. And that's something, actually, funnily enough, my mum's always brought me up with as you make your bed. And one thing I'm a big believer in as well is I've never, ever in my life snoozed my alarm because I believe if you snooze your alarm, you're failing your first task of the day, which is waking up. 100%. You snooze, you lose. Yeah, exactly.
comments on Danny Luck there. Just what an amazing, 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 amazing guy. I can't rave about him enough. Look, on Love Island, we didn't see him to this level. And this is why I wanted to bring him on the podcast. You know, he had such a good bromance with people like Michael and Joe in his series. We saw, obviously, his relationship with Belle that we were a bit envious of at points in time. But to hear him like this, to hear how happy he is in his own body. So many people I know, so many people have done these reality shows, come out of it. And they're unhappy. And to hear someone who's so happy is so refreshing. Please, please, please go and buy his book, 50 Steps to the Best Version of Yourself. It's out now. Please go and buy it. You've been listening to Scooty and Scooby with me, Johnny C. If you like what you heard, please, we're getting to episode 100. We've got two weeks to go. Like the podcast. Go on to Apple iTunes. Like it. Leave a review. It's really important that you help me get up that iTunes chart. It's really important that we keep spreading the words that it's okay to not be okay. Please help me. I've been Johnny C. Until next time, thank you and goodbye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.